Hi, welcome to Skip's Corner, where I cover Nashville's baseball history and events and introduce you to players, coaches, and other fans. The very mention of the words Sulphurdale usually brings a smile across the faces of Nashville's baseball fans and beyond because I've heard from people from other places too and what they remember. You'd be surprised at how many people have visited Sulphurdale or at least have read about it or heard about it from family members. Behind those smiles, I have seen the memories coming into folks' minds. My friend Farrell Owens, who passed away a couple of years ago, said, when you think of Sulphurdale, you think of that short right field and how high that hill was where the right fielder stood above the playing surface. Tucked away, there are things people remember about the old ballpark, special memories. Usually they include their father or their family or friends who they joined more than once to take in a game. And I'm mindful of some of the words told to me or sent to me by fans who share a great love, not only of Sulphurdale, but a love of the game of baseball. And when I said earlier and beyond, there are memories about Sulphurdale from people far, far away. One of those who wrote to me years ago was Jim Davis. He lived at the time in Merced, California, and he said, while visiting Nashville as a member of the University of Hawaii basketball team playing, they came to town to play Tennessee State in, I think, mid-January of 1963. He said, I ventured down to Sulphurdale to see if I could could get inside and have a look. I was raised on minor league baseball in Los Angeles and made it a sort of a hobby to see as many minor league ballparks and take photos if possible. To my delight on that chilly winter day, Sulphurdale was indeed open, so I got to see the unique park I had heard about. Not only do I remember the short fence in the right field and the railroad tracks behind it, I seem to recall an announcer in a game from there broadcast on a major league national network. There were no games that day, so they carried a minor league game from the Dell, describing a home run to right that landed on an eastbound train as saying, that ball may take it all the way to Chattanooga. There are lots of stories like that. That day in 1963, as I was looking around the Dell, I ran into a man in a suit who said he was a reporter and was covering the opening of a season ticket sale for the National Vols for the home team there. He asked me a few questions, and the next day in his ticket sale story, he tacked a few sentences on about this young man wearing a University of Hawaii blazer who was checking out Sulphurdale. And having read that Fred Russell had passed away, he wondered if it could have been Fred Russell, who was the sports writer who interviewed him, and he wished that he could find a copy of that article. Another one who wrote to me early on as I started Sulphurdale.com, gosh, almost 20 years ago, was Annette Levy-Ratkin of Nashville. And she wrote a special memory that she had. We went to many a game on a Saturday riding the bus to the ballpark and getting in free because maybe it was Children's Day, buying a Pepsol and scorecard. I still have cinders in my knee from the time I slipped and fell in the cinder parking lot. The first time I saw another ballpark in Memphis, I wondered why it had a level right field. Jim Lindsay had a special memory because his father pitched for Nashville. Jim's from Columbia, Tennessee, and he wrote, I remember my dad, Eldon Lindsay, pitched in our beloved Dale in or around 1938 up until 1941, maybe, then was traded to Knoxville and pitched against the Vols at least once. I do know he pitched a shutout in the Dale, and this was most unusual. He was also a good hitter and hit a home run while pitching for the Vols. My birth certificate says, father's occupation, baseball player. 
I love Sulphurdale, and I still have the vivid memory of the tantalizing smell of the hot dogs roasting. George Zepp, who was a reporter for the Nashville, Tennessee, and has written several books about memories of Nashville, was descriptive about what he remembered about Sulphurdale. And he said, Dale, D-E-L-L, is a term for a tree-lined valley. So that must be what Grantland Rice remembered when he wrote the name Sulphurdale for the first time. And it was largely a coal, smoke-filled, flooding lowland. Part of it was even used as a city dump, its fires often sending out acrid fumes. Many in the early days used the streetcar to get to and from games. A line of parked streetcars awaited the wild scramble of fans after the last out. One of the fellows that I really got to know well after Sulphurdale.com came into existence was Fred Sadler. From Goodlesville, Tennessee, he was a former football coach and teacher in Asheville. And he said, I remember Rod Keneal, who went from the Vols in 1961 to the New York Mets, which was an expansion team in 1962. We were playing another Southern Association team, and the catcher went out to the mound to talk with a pitcher, and Rod was on third base. When the catcher got to the mound, Rod ran for home and scored. The catcher had failed to call timeout. Marlon Keel from Nashville wrote, Everything about Sulphurdale was special. It was a treat to come early to a game and watch the teams take infield. One day, I edged over near the third base dugout and asked one of the coaches if he had an old baseball he did not want, and he gave me one. I always thought it was a shameful desecration when events, other than baseball, were held at Sulphurdale. It was meant as a haven for the playing of baseball and nothing else. Ernie Leonard, who was the son of beloved sports writer George Leonard, wrote me and said, I remember the spirit of Sulphurdale, even in its dying days. The crowds were sparse, the old stadium needed a good facelift, but the magic of the game and the exciting feeling of another game, another pitch, and the crack of the bat never lost its allure. For a few fans, a sports writer named George Leonard, my dad, he said, and an eight-year-old kid, every game was exciting. I learned about scoring a game, how to run a scoreboard, and how to catch a foul ball at the Dell. For me, the stadium had many fond memories. I have a great photo of my dad in the press box hammering out another story on an old royal typewriter as he viewed the field below. My dad was in his element at the park, and so was I. Jane Woodruff McIntyre from Nashville, I'll go ahead and confess, was my English teacher my junior and senior years, I believe, at Stratford High School. She's the one that told me, called me up to her desk one day, and she said, Mr. Nipper, I can't read your writing. Just start printing. I thought that was kind of unusual for an English teacher, but I loved it, and it made me slow down, I think, on my writing. You still couldn't read my signature to this day. But she said, I remember my dad took me there from the time I was barely able to talk. I remember our having many good times, and that time together gave us a bond that I will never forget. Daddy used to say to folks that I was his boy. I love sports, especially baseball, so much that if I could have pursued my career of choice, I would have become a sports announcer. I have the metal frames of some of the seats from Sulphurdale at my house. And just yesterday, I told some fifth grade students about Sulphurdale and my love of baseball and sports in general. Lou Vidopia, I think that's how it should be pronounced, from Nashville wrote, I remember sitting on the dump. That's what they call the right field heel on the Vols opening day in 1948. There were 4,000 others like me covering the whole dump and part of the left field area next to the stands because there were over 12,000 people there. The Nashville Tennessean ran a full-width picture the next day showing the crowd all the way around the outfield. I don't remember who we were playing that day, but we won. 
Charlie Gilbert hit two homers, and Charlie Workman hit one. Gilbert later had one of the greatest starts of any player with seven home runs in the first four games. He and Workman had a mantle Maris kind of season until he faded out at the last, and Workman ended up with 52 home runs and led the league. Gilbert had 42. Elwood Footsie Grantham had 33. Footsie, the colorful left fielder, also set a league record for strikeouts with over 220. I'll always remember seeing several of those first game homers going over our heads and the screen as we sat out on the dump. There was no place like Sulfordale. And then here's Ernie Leonard's dad, George Leonard, on October the 8th, 1963, in the Nashville Banner wrote, The Vols Board will consider offers for the park until December the 10th, 1964. If none has been received by then, it was recommended that the land be disposed of to the highest and best bidder and that the land be held until an acceptable offer is received. By acceptable, the committee said it meant enough to pay the stockholders and all debts. Three weeks ago, the board surrendered Nashville's franchise in the South Atlantic League following the club's poorest attendance in history. That action was approved by the stockholders. Nashville had gotten out of the Southern Association and actually watched the Southern Association fold after the 1961 season. And Ernie Leonard's dad, George, as I said earlier, was a well-beloved sports writer, was one of the stalwarts for writing the history of Nashville's baseball team and baseball park. And then what he's writing about here is when the Nashville club decided to turn in their franchise in the South Atlantic League after no baseball in 1962 for the 1963 season. But it did not go well, and the club folded. One of the great times that I've had over the years is knowing Gail and Denny Boguski. I've done an interview with them. I have that on tape somewhere. I'll dig that out as I need. But Gail wrote to me a long time ago and said this, As a little girl, I remember my father, Buster Boguski, playing at the Dale. I remember Willie White, the trainer, carrying me around the park and telling everyone I was his godchild. I remember the smell of hot dogs and popcorn, the railroad tracks out front, playing with the turnstile when you first came in, and waiting in the car after the game for my dad. I wish I could go back to that time and be able to go through the park just one more time. Wouldn't it be great if it were still standing? Well, just like Lou said, where I read earlier, there was no place like Sulfordale, and where Gail says, wouldn't it be great if it were still standing? Yes to both of those things. Those are great memories, and I'm glad to share them with you. What I'd like for you to do is send me your memory of Sulfordale. It doesn't have to be one that you experienced. It can be one that you heard your parents, your uncle, your grandfather, your father tell you about, or maybe something that you read about, you'd have a question about Sulfordale. You can write to me at 262downright at gmail.com. 262 downright means that's the distance from home plate to the right field fence. So you can email me at 262downright at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. I'm grateful if you're listening in. I would grateful if you tell your friends and ask them to listen in too. And certainly you can send me those memories or send me other things that you'd like for me to talk about. We've got some exciting things coming up in the future, an interview or two I think you'll really enjoy. And as always, more history about Nashville baseball. Till the next time, thanks for joining me 